Quick trigger warning, this episode contains discussions around mental health that include self-harm, suicidal ideation, and trauma. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Broken Rise. I'm Putri. And I'm Elvis, and... We have a super special episode today. We have a really special guest who we will introduce shortly. Um, Just wanted to mention, I know it's been a while since we've uploaded. And honestly, it's because capitalism is crushing us (laughs) as usual. Putri and I just started uh, new jobs and it has just been so hard to adjust. Um, I feel like we need to apologize, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Because if anyone needs to apologize, it's capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Not I will not be me. (laughs) Yeah. And we can definitely touch more on just like our stress and stuff. But we definitely want to have just along with that conversation because I think this is something all three of us are going through right now. But yeah, so we'll touch more on that. Yeah, so yeah, our special guest today is Jessica Jacobo. She is a dear friend, somebody who I love very deeply, and just really awesome person, so kind, so compassionate, a visionary. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And just, yeah, I don't know, Poochie, you want to say anything about Jess? Yeah, she is my twin, for those of you... (laughs) Who know the both of us? We get um, mistaken for each other a lot at parties, at dance shows. <laughs> you know, I'll, a lot of the times they come up to me and they say, "Oh my god, you've done such a good job on stage!" I'm like, "Girl, that was me." <laughs> but yeah, this is our dear, dear friend Jess. We love her very much, and we're so excited to have her on the show today. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I guess I'm allowed to talk now. I was like waiting. (laughs) (laughs) I love you both. And I am, I love talking to the both of you just like randomly. So I feel like y'all having this platform is, is awesome. So I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah. It's also been a while since we've been able to talk like seriously, but also because like pandemic times, I haven't really talked to anybody. So I feel like it's going to be really great to reconnect. Yeah, all three of us are in different states too. That's true. Yeah, three different three different time zones, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I called Putri at, at one p.m. Central Time. I was like, so I was like, so we're doing it right now, right? <laughs> And she's well, like, and no. I got nervous. I got nervous when you texted at first, and I was like, wait, I, fo- I let me make sure I put Pacific time. <laughs> No, I'm yes. so bad with time zones. I, this is like the third time that I've done it. So it's just, it's all me. And it's, he was it's like, confusing. can you just like, yeah, no, go ahead. It's confusing for me because I'm coming from the East Coast. So I had to adjust the time for the Central and then having to adjust the time for Pacific. I'm now like in the middle. I'm like, okay, I'm constantly going like, okay, are they ahead? Or are they behind? Right. I don't know. It's yeah, really no, it's like, funny because office is like, um, can you just like make sure what exactly times for me, for you, and for Jess? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, so okay. confusing. We should have put like listed it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like three, six o'clock, Jess, three. <laughs> yeah. And like, I totally could have Googled it, but I'm like, I don't trust myself because that's, that's what happened last time too. I thought I Googled it and then I ended up being late to this kimchi class that I took. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever 
we're we here we're here I'm yeah so we're here we're so excited we have yeah vi- literally very first guest and i can't imagine anybody better than jess i know so. i love so you so <laughs> yeah i mean jess did you want to do like your own intro i mean we were just gonna love on you and then get started <laughs> i know if you want to intro yourself that'd be great i too. mean i'm here for y'all just loving on me because i love the both okay. of you um yeah i'm I guess I can quickly say, like, I um, originally am from the East Coast and just moved to Los Angeles about three years ago and work in arts and nonprofit. And I have a lot of opinions to, about the topic that you all that we're all talking about today. So I'm so happy to be here. I yeah. <laughs> three years already. I'm really no, surprised about that. Weird. It feels know, like it's only been while. one. Oh, no, it's felt it's felt three for me. <laughs> Oh, wow. (laughs) We'll get into that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think, like, going back to what we were talking about before, I, so me personally, it's just been really hard adjusting to, like, a new work culture. And this is also the first time that I'm working for, like, corporate. And I I know I hate it. (laughs) Um, And I'm not necessarily my job and what I'm doing, but, you know, I hate, like, this idea of, like, making somebody else money and it just being corrupt and whatever so i it's been really hard to navigate and that's why this episode's super appropriate because i haven't been going to therapy and it's time to start looking again um just because i don't know if i could do it without it nor should you have to you know like the help is there and we just have to kind of take the initiative to seek it out which is hard in itself yeah yeah i think the the really frustrating thing for me too is it almost being a necessity if you want to survive in this Mm -hmm. capitalistic world and so it's kind of like my whole question is why do i have to use my own time and resources for what you're doing to me (laughs) like (laughs) not not even in like a, a corporate sense but also in being a person of color like why do it so going into racial trauma, why do I have to take the responsibility of healing my racial trauma when you literally did this to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I mean, we can get into that part of it later, too. But I don't know <laughs> if either of you want to talk about mental health in the workplace. Um, sure. So, I mean, I can quickly say what's going on w- with me currently because I think it's super relevant. I am actually on a medical leave of absence right now um, through FMLA. And it is um, kind of the same law that um, new parents take when they, you know, have just had a baby or something. So mm-hmm. um, I qualified due to my mental health kind of symptoms that came from work stress. Um, And I didn't know I could do that. Like my partner's mom did something kind of later in her career. And I thought it was something you kind of aren't allowed to do so young. I mean, I still feel young. Um, (laughs) And I, yeah, I talked to my therapist about my, my stress levels and what Mm -hmm. it's been doing to me, kind of anxiety and, um, even just working out, I found no um, um, kind of positive uh, positivity from working out like I have in the past. And it would just mm-hmm. be another daily chore to add to all of the my existing chores. And I just felt like I was I felt so different uh, from because of the stress of this job. And I 
Um, yeah. And talking with her, she said, you know, you do qualify for leave and I can, you know, absolutely write that note. And when I connected with my HR uh, rep, they said, all I need is a note from my clinician. And I was able to take a leave. I think I notified my HR rep maybe the Thursday. Oh, gosh, like I know at least a week before I went on leave, um, mm-hmm. but not much notice, and then started mm-hmm. my leave the Monday after. Um, yeah, my mom, week, I'm about to start week six of six tomorrow. So just one more week, week left. So I'm, wow. I can talk more about it, but yeah, so that's where I am right now. So it is possible to take leave from work and be, if due to stress, like that is yeah. a thing that's protected by the law. That's I awesome. had no idea. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was I was also going to ask like how the process was like, but it seems like it was an easier process because I know a lot of people seem to opt out or just like not want to get those like that kind of help just because right. they feel that it might be a long process or just like the accessibility just isn't there. But it sure. seems like it was a very seamless process it was and I had the same thoughts as well I'm like damn do I want to go through all of that and it sounds like it would be added stress but mm-hmm. I'm so glad I did um and I think it depends like obviously there are state and federal laws you know that protect employees mm-hmm. and then there are additional kind of benefits that an employer will have in place so I know with FMLA you are like you're the law protects your protects your job. Um, mm-hmm. So when you come back from leave, your job should be there. Otherwise, you can, you know, lawsuits can happen. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think that um, for, for me, my job um, allowed me to use my unused pay, uh, unused sick and vacation leave so that mm. I could continue to get paid uh, mm. during my leave. Oh. So I know not all employers allow for that um because fmla only protects your job but not your income so that's something so i I know that an option that my hr rep shared with me is if you know in addition to fmla i could have also applied for disability and Mm -hmm. that would cover a percentage of my of my um of my pay i think it may be like 60 to 70 percent it depends Mm -hmm. um and people have that option as well. And I think you only need like your doctor's note for that as well. So similar process to the FMLA. Yeah. I don't know if um, disability is the same everywhere. I think it is. Um, but when I took short-term disability for my surgeries and stuff like that, they it becomes active a week after. Um, so you mm. basically go like a week without <laughs> pay and then they'll start paying you 60% before... Yeah. Long term, I believe it's six months. You have to be disabled for six months and then they start paying you. And the difference, yeah, it's super shitty because my dad had to go through something like that and he didn't even make it to the six months. So, and that's another story. But um, basically, yeah, short term is like, I think you can take up to like three months and then Mm -hmm. long term, it's like, I think up to a year. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the difference there. But yeah, I'm, that's really interesting that, that, uh, is an option for mental health too because a lot of times people are like oh well like you're you know you got I don't even know <laughs> like you broke your leg <laughs> right <laughs> like it's very, people assume it's yeah. for physical like physical health and right. I don't it's so I think that's why it's great to even talk about this because many people don't know that like what's protected under the law for uh for mental health yeah, yeah I had yeah. no idea 
Mm-hmm. I actually thought that it was going to be like a much more complicated process, mm-hmm. but just hearing how yours went very smoothly, I'm like, oh, that's something that I can definitely consider in the future. For sure. And I mean, that's I'm only speaking from my experience, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like I'm sure if you're working at a workplace that's, you know, super toxic and may they may make it really difficult. You may receive some backlash, you know. So yeah. for me, I, I didn't feel any of that, Thank, thankfully. But um, I guess I was just lucky. And yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah. proud of you though. I feel like that's a really big step. I think that yeah, a lot of people is. also opt it's out scary. of doing that just because of, yeah, stigma. the yeah, stigma, the backlash, like, oh, you're just not working hard enough or like you don't know how to balance your work-life balance and things oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Oof, all those thoughts. Yeah, I just think that it's also like they're also not giving you any options to give you that work-life balance, you know? Yeah. I, I think Again, I, they're yeah. doing that to you. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's why it's so important to be in like an informed employee. Like you said, like know your protections and your rights. And um, like it, it does help. Like even though it, it seems overwhelming to have to do the research, talk to HR, talk to your therapist. Like I, it's so worth it in the end for you. Um, because I, I got to the point where I'm like, am I just lazy? Like, can Mm -hmm. I should, I should be able to work this hard, right? I'm at home. We're not going anywhere. Like I Mm -hmm. should be putting all these extra hours. Um, and (laughs) I'm, Oh my God, I'm screaming. (laughs) I know. Those were my thoughts. And like, I really had, I mean, so many sessions with my therapist before I even actually went through with it because I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I've never Mm -hmm. done this before. I've, you know, if I've ever left a workplace, I've given like four weeks notice, you know, I'm very, Mm -hmm. and that's not even, no, it's like, I don't know. I know that's a lot. That's a lot. And it's, it's not even required. It's just a courtesy that's been, you know, embedded in our brains to be professional. Um, oh yeah, whatever yeah. that means. Right. What means is professional? White. What is professional? <laughs> I know. That's a that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. Another episode. <laughs> I guess I wanna talk about like how do at what point because I also went through something in my last job too where my mental health was just like super bad and that was also when I was super depressed. Like at what point is it bad enough for you to say no? You know, I guess and also like what are the telltale signs and how does it manifest? I feel like we all have different things to say about that. I think it's when my asshole clenches throughout the workday. <laughs> That's so real. You know, there's therapists that that spe- or yeah, that specialize in that specifically. Oh, it's called God. like pelvic floor something. I feel like I need that therapy. <laughs> no, I think you do too. <laughs> and my. <laughs> Sorry, that was not supposed to be as shady as it sounded. <laughs> you need that. You need that. <laughs> no, because yeah, my therapist was like, because like of trauma, you know, like you're you're always in fight or flight, and your body is also always like super tense. So my therapist was always like, you literally need to like learn how to do kegels, <laughs> like <laughs> like know when you are tense and know how to release it. And I was like, wow, wow that's real. <laughs> Yeah. I've never heard that before, but Poochie, yeah. it sounds like you could benefit. 
No, honestly, like my body is always so tense and that includes my asshole sometimes because I'm like literally like clenching everything and then like my back hunches and like you can tell all the weight of the world is on my shoulders. You can physically and, like, see it. Yeah. And like I, Mati will have to like walk by me and just kind of like loosen my shoulders up. And like the thing is, it's like I make sure all of my screens are high up, so I don't do that, but I mm-hmm. still do that because I'm so, like, stressed and just, like, constantly – just, like, that fucking Outlook envelope just fucking <laughs> <laughs> makes me The dings. The yes. ding, like, the, the slack dings. Oh, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> like, just that itself triggers me. <laughs> So just like I could be so chill and not have a lot of work and like have a chill work day. But as soon as I see that stupid little fucking envelope in the corner, I like start like (laughs) tensing. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I think think from. Oh, go ahead. Go, go, go. No, 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 you go ahead. (laughs) For me, I mean, it is very physical for me. I think I carry most of my stress up in like my shoulders and I can feel when they're just like Justin had to do the same thing as like pushing down here um but for me it's I think it's heavily in the way I talk to myself and treat myself like I get so down on myself I um like the dread like the 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 absolute dread especially in the pandemic when we had to work you know I mean you know we are still working from home and I would it, it wouldn't, it would just be first thing in the morning, getting ready to go to my laptop. I would absolutely dread just walking two, three feet to my <gasps> laptop. And that's how I kind of, that was one of the signs where I'm like, okay, like this is not, something's not working. And it mm-hmm. took me, I mean, like close to a year to just wait for other symptoms. And I think other symptoms were high, like honestly, the highest my anxiety has ever been. And I would say like my overall my anxiety is like more situational like mm-hmm. I, there are things that I'm like I would say like I probably have a bit of like situational depression and who doesn't in this fucking pandemic yeah um mm-hmm. and I always thought my anxiety kind of partnered with that even though I know they're you know two very different things mm-hmm. um but I started realizing that it was just never going away it was so constant I beat myself up about like the stupidest things and especially Mm. with work um with work starting to pile up and it started to get really busy for me I I was was like I'm I'm lazy am I not trying hard enough girl you need to try harder Mm -hmm. um so it it, I could definitely see a difference in how I was treating myself um Mm -hmm. and not finding finding happiness in my life outside of work too like I things didn't things that would normally make me happy weren't anymore and that was why I I think that's what led me to really talk to my therapist about what I what my next steps could be Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I think yeah I think a really big sign which like a lot of us don't realize that we do and I think a lot of people do do this in general is tying your self-worth to the work that you're doing like literally Like, oh my gosh, if I don't write down these numbers and if I don't do this data entry by Friday, that means I'm a shit person. (laughs) But I think the thing that we forget about is like, no matter what, the work that we do has nothing to do with us. We don't benefit from this. Like, we don't mm. gain anything from you sound this. sound like my therapist. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Like, when people say, like, oh, I'm so passionate about accounting. Like, bullshit. Like, 
you cannot you cannot fall in love with exploitation that's my whole thing it it is just like a ploy people say that you have to love your job and shit but you're literally just being manipulated to think that like you love productivity and making money for someone else oh damn yes yeah. yeah, you're. I think that's what. It, no, like you're making me realize that I. I think I like my job in a sense where I like feeling like I'm doing something with my life <laughs> more yeah. than the actual thing that I'm doing. And like, right. even though I see these emails and it's like giving me anxiety, but I, at the end of the day, I still the way I try to justify it is like, oh, at least I'm like doing something with my with my life. You know, yeah. and I, I also think that's kind of toxic, you know, it's like, it is. It, but yeah. is this what you want to be doing with your life, you know, but, right. and so sometimes it's like that battle of, is it what you're doing that you like, or just like feeling you're, like you're important, and it's just well, like my ego. <laughs> yeah, I, that, but also we're doing it to survive. That's <laughs> so true, I, too. Yeah, I would not like discount, like, it's not like we're doing this because we're shitty people and like we mm-hmm. don't recognize ourselves and we don't like know uh-huh. how to take, you know, separate work from life or whatever. It's literally the fact that we have been, you know, <laughs> they're manipulated. <laughs> yeah. And in order to survive, we have to play the game. And we talked about mm-hmm. this in like the last episode and stuff like that, yeah. too. But the, the big question is, how can I survive? capitalism without you know being in mentally it. dying yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so tough and then yeah. all of that like trickles down to a bunch of other things too like substance abuse and mm-hmm. like other mental health symptoms that oh my gosh so, <laughs> kind of a sidebar i was thinking the other day um is it a personality type or is it just disordered behavior and so I think about that with like our higher ups and our bosses and all these people who will like act a certain way and treat a certain way. And we've kind mm-hmm. of created this like gold standard of how to be, but it's like, actually you're just a fucking narcissist, <laughs> you know, or, and also you have unresolved trauma and that's why you treat us like this and all these other things, all these and other they carry Like they can, they kind of dangle that in our faces because they're the ones that pay us, you know? Right. And, and they're also like, this is how you should aspire to be. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mentally Oof. unwell. <laughs> Oof. Oh my God. That just like, why did I just immediately think of like the power dynamics in the dance community? Just <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> episode, episode four, five, and six. Right. <laughs> Oh, just a side note. Actually, yeah. just a separate <laughs> project. <laughs> oh we'll talk about that one day. Ooh, Honestly. Yeah. Wait, can yeah. I be but I'll I'll I don't have to talk, but I do want to like like be a, a fly on the oh, wall yeah. for that episode. Oh, yeah. for sure. oh my yeah. gosh, yes, of course. We'll Oof. yeah, we'll do it a part of a, a summer series or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a summer workshop. It's so just like right. yeah. talking right. shit. <laughs> problematic ass dancers yeah but anyway i think okay so for me i think it manifests also physically but also my anxiety is so high where i get sunday scaries but also friday scaries Mm -hmm. like i literally am just like so just thinking about constantly so i work in uh, the food industry and i have like all these big clients and shit and like literally anybody that you could ever think of so sometimes i go to the store and i'm just trying to have a good time and i see 
like a product that I'm working on on the shelf. And I'm like, fuck, like I got to do this on Monday. I didn't send this email, but like the grocery store used to be my happy place. And now it just stresses me out. Oh, like because it reminds you of, does it like remind you of work? It reminds me like I need to do this shit when I get back to work because this product's on the shelf. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, No, I, we were, me and Alvis were talking about this, that we do have like the scariest Friday scaries. And like, it's because I feel like I feel like sometimes five days isn't enough for like all the work that I have to be doing. And then Friday comes and I catch myself like working till like 8 p.m. because I, I feel like on I need a Friday? A, yeah, because I feel like I need to make sure that all my emails are sent, all the approvals are in, and like all of this stuff. So And then I log in on, on Sunday, Sunday night to check my email. Oh, so no. Monday I can like – girl. Yeah, be so ready. Monday no. yeah, I can be ready or like I can sleep a little like later or shit like that. Like I – that's the way I process now. But do you think you would be – do you think you'd be doing that if we were working in person though? Like I feel like we have this – we feel guilty because our – work laptops are right you know a couple feet Mm -hmm. away but would you still be working these hours if you were able to separate physically separate your workplace I don't know good question I think that we I wouldn't just because I feel like I could leave it there also I think the accessibility of having help is so limited here Mm -hmm. like when you're at home versus like when you're in the office like for instance if you're in the office and I needed help I could just like run over to somebody be like hey can you just watch me go through this versus like yeah asking somebody be like hey can I screen share something and make sure that I'm doing this right you know it's just (laughs) it feels a lot more invasive sometimes in that sense than it would be if I were to just like hop on over to a desk and be like hey do you have time and so I think I I don't I don't know good question though but I feel like in my case it I wouldn't I would like to think I wouldn't be working (laughs) that much or that those long hours if this was in person yeah yeah that's real yeah somebody said to me the other day that I mean you started a new job in the middle of a pandemic, so you don't know what it's like when it's yeah. for it to be normal. But yeah, somebody really. said when they transitioned into COVID times and working from home, they were like, I've never gotten this much work done before. But that's not necessarily a good thing. Right. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the yeses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, I, I mean, the reason I asked that, Fuchi, is because I know that because I, I was at this job pre-pandemic and Mm -hmm. I would be able to physically like I left my laptop at work left at you know five maybe 5 30 and I would not do anything at home I didn't even Mm -hmm. have my my um emails connected to my phone like I Mm -hmm. separated physically and mentally and like I agree I don't think it's necessarily a good thing I mean I think to our employers yes like productivity Mm -hmm. um probably skyrocketed in pandemic because we felt guilty for not working and we felt like well it's right there we might as well work might as well take the laptop out on a Sunday Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and it was it's really difficult to separate that um and I mean I'm sure the there were already issues with like with my workplace and and lack of resources and help um and it just got worsened i guess like during the pandemic and i think that's just what ultimately led me to you know needing to get go on leave so yeah Oof. capitalism capitalism <laughs> 
Hashtag capitalism. Right. I think, well, the last thing that I'll say about my work symptoms is a lot of times when I'm working, I feel like I'm being chased. <laughs> like, I'm literally, like, typing away and I'm, like, so, like, tense and, like, typing so fast and, like, trying to click everything and do everything really fast. And I'm, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Like, I literally feel like somebody's behind me. And if I don't get this done, it's over. Whatever that means, you know? Like, do I feel yeah. like I'm going to lose my job? Do I feel like it's a reputation thing? Mm-hmm. Is it, mm-hmm. like, financially? I don't know. Do you feel like that's, like, something internally that you'll need to work on? Or do you think that's, like, the product of your work environment? Well, that part for sure is something that I need to work on. Because that's <laughs> mm-hmm. literally just me and fight or flight. Yeah, fight or flight. Yeah. Um, but, like, I have in in all of my jobs really like expressed my like mental health concerns in like a roundabout way because there's also this whole stigma of like when you talk about your mental health it feels like coming out (laughs) yes actually i completely agree yes yeah so like in a roundabout way like i will express it to my employers and this is another sign if they don't if you feel like they're not like reciprocating or like really understanding what you're saying it's time to go because mm-hmm. it's not going to get better if they're not going to understand what they're doing to you. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I learned. Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah, I mean, we, we came here today to talk about like therapy and where to find it and like what are the resources and why do we even go to therapy? So I guess from the very basics, like – why why do we all feel like we need therapy and why do we feel like other people need therapy too and why is it a good thing and jess i know you, like this is why i love that we have jess here because jess is such a huge advocate for this stuff mm-hmm. and i kind of just want to hear your thoughts on it i try i mean i think just to answer one of your questions i think we need therapy because we are alive in 2021 like yeah. <laughs> there's nothing like there's no other reason like we're here on this earth we didn't be we weren't asked to be brought into this yeah. world and <laughs> we we need help and the help is there and i i think for the longest time i was trying to make it on my own and mm-hmm. it wasn't until like you know justin and i got together where I'm like, you know what, I don't have to do everything on my own. So I think Mm -hmm. being in a really amazing relationship kind of reminded me that like, girl, like you can ask for help and please do Mm -hmm. because you're only hurting yourself if you don't. Um, I guess I can, should I just maybe talk a little bit about my, um, like my early therapy journey? Yeah. Yeah. I think what we were planning on doing, we wanted to like touch (laughs) each and like have each and every one of us talk about our therapist journey. So you can go ahead and start. Oh, okay. Um, so I, um, I actually graduated, um, my undergrad is in um, psychology. So Mm -hmm. I, it was something that I've always been interested in. And um, I really loved like abnormal psychs. So that, that was something I'm like, oh, I love like, like, these are like real human, human issues that like more shouldn't be taboo, but are for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I've always been interested in but I never wanted to be a therapist because I always felt this is going to sound really like really bad but I always felt like I had too many problems of my own and couldn't bear like listening to others other than like my friends of course yeah yeah so I was like okay girl because I get I would be so I would be the therapist that would be crying and I'm just like right I'm like I just know that's like not appropriate sometimes um 
so yeah, so I never kind of pursued it professionally, but always um, like was always interested in it and always wanted to talk about it with my friends because I could tell they were a bit shy too. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was really loud about it. And like, well, and, and instead of, I think for me, what I've learned over the last few years in talking with friends and even family members, um, I'm never going to say you should go to therapy. Like mm-hmm. I, I always come at it from really personal, but like I say, I love therapy and these are the reasons why. And mm-hmm. I, it's more of like a modeling thing where I show them like I've, you know, these are my stressors and I've been able to gain the tools from my therapy, from my therapist on, on how to just make, you know, have a, a, a better space and better life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've found that it's been really helpful for friends because they're more in- interested to ask like, okay, well, what, um, how do you even get started? What it is? What is it like now? And like, what have you learned? Rather than pointing the finger and saying like, well, girl, I think you need some therapy, <laughs> even though uh, sometimes <laughs> I want to say that, but I would never. So, um, wow. Yeah, you're, I know. Oh my god, you're, you're so much better so, than me. I know. I was literally gonna sit. This is why we love Jess. <laughs> I have literally. You need therapy. I literally have said that to people. Like Same. I was even saying that to people before I went to therapy. I was like, mm, you need therapy. <laughs> but you know, I will quickly before I forget. I will say I don't think therapy is a like a end all be all like there's so much work outside of our sessions that we need to do so that's why I'm I never tell someone like they should because like they need to want to do the work Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they need to do that they need to want to do the work because like a therapist will give you the tools but you're the one doing the work so if you're if you're not ready for that it's not going to be beneficial for you um yeah yeah, so <laughs> I'm like saying, like, Zach, am I a bitch? <laughs> no, girl, you, you are not a bitch. You are not a bitch at all. <laughs> we just have yeah. different, different, different uh, approaches. <laughs> yeah, I think something that I always tell people when they're considering therapy, or when I'm telling them to go to therapy, <laughs> is let's be clear. Yeah, I always say you deserve a much better quality of life than mm-hmm. what you have right now. And yeah. I've even said that to you before. Yeah. And it's because, like, we are a product of so many things, you know, of, like, our immigrant parents, of war, capitalism, racism, all these terrible things that are against us. And that's why I feel like all people of color should go to therapy, first of all. But mm-hmm. it's just, it'll really open your mind to step outside the systems of oppression that you're in and really, like, turning you into a free thinker, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, so aside from all the mental health issues you have, like you're still also getting tools of like, how do I learn how to be like an individual and do what Mm -hmm. I want to do? Also, Mm -hmm. how do I put words to how I'm feeling? You know, so many benefits. For sure. For sure. (sighs) I can like quickly talk about, (laughs) I feel like I sidetracked and I, like I wanted to share. You were in the middle of your, (laughs) I know. So I'll, um, I'll like, go back to I guess like what my first therapist was like and why I went so mm-hmm. I actually didn't go to therapy for the first time until um 2014 ish um uh after my mom passed away mm-hmm. and this was like months after so like you know I was dealing 
short, like quick story, I guess, like my, um, my mom had a stroke and she was pretty much bedridden for, uh, three years. So Mm -hmm. that's like three years of its own kind of grief. But Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't, it it was really sudden. Um, but like she was here for a very, her body was here for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I was doing my own grieving in that three years and then, you know, never sought out therapy. And then when she passed, it, that's it's like another kind of like set of grieving because she she did pass. Like on one hand, I was feeling relief that she wasn't in pain anymore. And then another, you know, actually really grieving the death of a parent. Mm-hmm. So it was months and months later, like I had already joined C-Funk. Like I was doing really positive things for my life. Um, and then I'm not sure like what really crossed my – I can't remember what kind of crossed my mind to actually – make the call to a first Mm -hmm. therapist um but I guess I got to a point where I felt like too many good things were happening in my Mm -hmm. life and I was nervous for what the next bad thing would be I I I don't know if yeah because ever since my mom got sick I had I that was my fear afterwards like Mm -hmm. I was very pessimistic, I think, and was just more so looking out for the bad things to happen. And that was just kind of like a way to protect myself. Yeah. Um, and when That's things me. were, yeah, girl, <laughs> twins. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so you know, I think when things were going really well, like Justin and I were back together, you know, things were really mm-hmm. great. But you know, of course, the balance of grieving um I got I got a little nervous and I think that's kind of what led me to call like make the call um so I I was looking when I was researching therapist I looked for someone that specialized in grief specifically mm-hmm. and the first one I called was the person I went to I know that's not everyone's experience but mm-hmm. that uh, it worked out for me and um I mm-hmm. went to this therapist for maybe a year off and on um, specifically on grief and then never had a therapist until I moved to, to LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started off with like work stress. Um, and she's been my therapist since for maybe like a, a, over a year now. Um, so yeah, my, um, my therapy journey, I know is like so different from the both of y'all's. Cause I think like Pooja, you've been going, like, this has been part of your life for a long time. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's where, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting that you say about like I told Alvis knows this about me. I I'm always waiting for the bad, like all the time. And I think that everything good that happens, I think of it as luck. And like Alvis had to teach me out of that because Mm -hmm. for a long time I constantly saw things like half empty and like everything that good that happens is just like this moment of like, oh yeah, by chance. Like, oh, this is this is your lucky day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember Elvis having to be like, stop fucking calling it luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's not luck. Right. It's just good things that are happening to you. Right. And, and you, you deserve just- them. <laughs> exactly. You work towards it. Like yes. you, <laughs> You're getting what you deserved and, and worked on. <laughs> it didn't just fall out of the sky. <laughs> I know, nice. but like I was totally... <laughs> I was totally on the same boat as you at, for a long time. Like until I have to say, like until now, I'm st- kind of still in that kind of mindset, and I'm trying to like not think of it that way. But it's really hard when that's something that I'm so used to thinking like. Just because I don't know. I think that's how I cope with trauma. Just being like, oh yeah, so this happened to me, and um, 
if something good happens, then I guess like this is just a moment of like good karma. Like, you know, like I don't think mm-hmm. of it as like a, oh yeah, that was nice and I deserved that. Like I just think of it as like, yeah. Um, so when is the next bad, bad okay. thing going to happen, you know? Yes, yes. And I'm, so, I yeah. too am trying to get out of that mindset. So yeah, I so I totally, totally feel you. <laughs> I was literally like, that's me! <laughs> 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 but Alvis, do you want to go talk about your yeah, therapy journey? Yeah, I can. Sure. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, we talked about this in a previous episode, too, but I think I've always had pretty bad mental health for most of my life. And I just, like, again, didn't have the words for it and didn't really understand what was happening to me. Um, And there, uh, I don't know, there is a time where, like, I was on, like, Tumblr a lot and on, like, Twitter and stuff like that. And people just talk about therapy, like, left and right and talk about like their journeys and like all these things that I started to really relate to them. I was like, oh shit, I am so mentally unwell. Because <laughs> I'm experiencing, yeah, yay. <laughs> I can finally identify that because these people are fucking going to therapy. I'm like, well, I should be going to therapy too because this is obviously unusual behavior. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, or like, I think the year before I became captain for Seafunk or maybe like, half a year before that it really was bad the second I became captain um but yeah it was like 2018 yeah 2018 2019 like the most depressed I've ever been in my life I just could not feel anything I remember um boyfriend at the time (laughs) like I remember we were like in bed and like cuddling and the the what I could tell was like he didn't really feel like he was there and I remember I was, like, trying to hold him tighter or, like, trying to, like, smell him, could not feel anything. It was just, like, deadpan in my head. And I noticed that that feeling kept following me. Like, whenever I would mm. laugh with friends, I'd be, like, actually not feeling anything. Mm. Like I, Or it would be the opposite where it's, like, you don't deserve to laugh right now. Um, and so, yeah, like, the world was, like, fucking gray. Um, I was dissociating a lot and, like, if you don't know what dissociating is, it's kind of like that feeling of like out of body. You don't belong in your body. And I think the best way I could describe it is I remember looking at my hands like very often, like several times a week. And I was like, wow, I feel like a video game character. Like I feel like I'm looking at my hands right now and it's not real. These are not my, this is not my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so just so completely disconnected. And so I remember I started to express that to people and I was kind of like, you know, I think I'm depressed. And I think I need help. I even said it to my captains at the time. They didn't do anything or say anything about it, which is why we need therapists because mm-hmm. they're not licensed professionals. These people are my right. friends. Right. And so yeah. that's that's the hard thing too, like trying to put that burden on someone when you actually need professional help. Yeah. Um, so I like, you know, I've had a lot of childhood trauma growing up and, you know, a lot of anxiety and depression that's unrelated and related. And it like, you know, manifested daily and I just thought it was normal until it wasn't anymore. So when the pandemic started, the pandemic has honestly been such a transformative time of my life because I feel like I finally slowed down and I finally was able to recognize and be like, oh, you're on a hundred all the time and you're hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. So when I finally gave my time back to myself, I said, okay, like, let's see a therapist. And same situation as you, Jess, like the first person I called was the person that I went to and it was fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I did that for nine months or however long it was and then ended up moving. So I am no longer seeing her. But yeah, she will not hurt just her, but like it changed my life. And I feel like I'm in a much better headspace now and I can definitely recognize when things are going bad where before it was like you would just there would be a tipping point. But now I'm like, okay, this is the beginning of the tipping point. Right, you can kind of catch it before it kind yeah, of escalates. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, um, they, uh, I guess we can talk about this a little bit later on. But yeah, the treatment modalities that I was doing was just talk therapy, but like trauma based. And a lot of other people do like CBT, which is cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy. There's other more um, focused like somatic therapies, like EMDR. So that's something to talk about too, which we'll talk about after you tell your story, Putri. There's so many different things that you could go for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to figure out what the right one is, which is why so, so many people try therapy and they'll just turn it away because they're like, oh, well, that wasn't for me. But mm-hmm. there's so many different sex. Um, but anyway, yeah, really good experience, but I don't have one now and I really need one. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, well then I guess I can share mine. <laughs> I feel like mine's is pretty long, so I'll just kind of do like a quick recap of my life. Um, so my therapist journey started when I was in fifth grade, and that was because um, in elementary school, it was post 9-11, and obviously I'm Muslim. Well, not obviously, people. It's not obvious, but <laughs> for those who don't know me, I'm Muslim. And so, um, yeah, so I after, uh, after 9-11, I got a lot of shit from people just because my family is Muslim and things like that. And on top of that, I just think that um, elementary school bullying just wasn't fun for me at the time. You know, like a lot of people were just very mean and I got bullied severely in fifth grade to the point where I even thought about at that age, like killing myself. (laughs) I'm like laughing now because I just think it's like awkward to talk about. But um, so the reason why I was I was um, not forced, but obviously my parents had to take me. It was because one of the days in school I, like, spoke. It was a time where my bullying was super bad that I would just – for lunch, I would just stay in class with my teacher. And so I one day said, oh, have you ever thought about killing yourself? Because sometimes I do, <laughs> like, very nonchalantly to oh my, my teacher. Not thinking much of it because I was just going through it and I was like, what? 11 10 years old not knowing how to like grasp how I was feeling I remember yeah every day I remember saying mom I don't want to go to school and then my mom's thing was do you need me to call this person which is like the person that was bullying me because like it used to be my like old bestie in elementary school things just happen fifth grade drama I don't know but it ended up being a lot of bullying and then my mom would just be like you have to go to school and I'm like I don't want to and so yeah so that My parents got called in that week, and then I was sent over to a crisis center. And from there, that's when my entire therapist journey started. Um, I remember for, uh, I think, a few months, not a year, a few months, I went to um, this therapist that I fucking hated, let me tell you. (laughs) He was horrible. And um, I, to the point, faked that I was better because I just never wanted to see him again. Mm. And then so fast forward to middle school, um, eighth grade happened and I moved and then that shit went down the drain to my mental health because I was just in a new environment. 
And then, um, but I didn't go back to therapy until high school. And that was because um, I started self-harming again. And one of my Spanish teachers saw my arm. And so they um, had sent me over to the administration's office, called my parents, did the whole thing again. And then I had to go to therapy again. This time, I also hated that therapist. Damn. (laughs) And so I was like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, I'm so Oh, my gosh. And I never wanted to think about it again. And then college happened. And then that's when I was like, wow, I think I'm, like, fucked up. (laughs) Like, I just, like, really think that I can't handle this anymore. And I really don't feel like I belong on this planet. And so this was the first time I ever took initiative upon myself to be like, I need help, you know. And then so the people that I approached was Mati and then my best friend. And so they helped um, kind of sit down my parents and be like, hey, but because my parents don't really understand mental health, even after all of that, my dad was the one who was kind of upset at himself for, wow, why does my daughter need this? Is it my fault kind of thing? So uh, I remember for a long time, I had to kind of like explain to my parents, like, this is what I need. Like, this is not about you. <laughs> this is not about anyone except for me. And that was a time where I finally found like the therapist of my dreams. He was the best. And um, I went to him. He helped me a lot. He helped me like kind of differentiate what my anxiety was. He like the way he helped me was he kind of made it seem like anxiety and depression were like these two people that were constantly like on my shoulders. And like, At the time, I felt like I needed that. I needed somebody to dumb it down for me because of the fact that I kept suppressing it for so long that like I – it was kind of the lines were getting blurred and I just like didn't understand what it was. And so after that, it was great. I went to him for a year and unfortunately, he had to leave me because he had a better opportunity, which is fine. No hard feelings. And then um, (laughs) – but um, I think where he left me was great. I think I had – a better sense of myself. I was confident until a few months ago <laughs> where I it, – it was the roughest depression that I've ever been in since I think the time in the beginning of college, like that early 2000s where I met my favorite therapist. Um, I felt like you, Elvis. Like I felt like I was on autopilot and I felt as if like my worst nightmares were like playing <laughs> – constantly in my head I felt like I didn't deserve to laugh I didn't deserve to smile I couldn't be in a car for too long like I was so crippled like super crippled with anxiety I felt like the urgency for me to have a therapist was so crazy like I was like I'm so desperate I don't want to feel like this forever and so I just had my first therapy session a couple weeks ago yeah I didn't like her Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like clapping. I know. Oh. Um, not that she. I mean, wasn't but congrats great. on taking the first step. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Not that she wasn't great, but I think I knew what I wanted, and she just didn't give that to me, and it didn't seem like she was gonna prioritize me, which is fine, you know. Like no hard feelings, but um, <laughs> you don't have to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I think it's like. I can tell what her intentions were and I don't think she understood why I was there. She kind of approached it as more of a catch up more than like a, 
oh, we're here in it for a long term. And I was like, yeah, I can't. Like, this is not what I needed. It was a great conversation. It was a great kiki, but that's not what I wanted. And I wanted tips and tricks on how to handle my trauma and my fight or flight responses and things like that. And she just wasn't – she didn't give me those resources. And so, yeah, so right now I'm currently still on my journey. (laughs) But, yeah, that's where I'm at. (laughs) That's just so interesting to me because, like, what did she think that you were even there for? <laughs> okay, the thing is, I think it's because I we didn't meet for two months. So I sh- the first time we met was to have an evaluation of, like, where I was. And at the time, I was super bad. Like, mm-hmm. I it was really bad. But then I think because in between the time of my evaluation and this – therapy session I made a lot of changes in my life where I was able to like put some boundaries with me and my parents and like you know I have my own space now so I visually was better but Mm -hmm. I did I think she also didn't give me a chance to like talk about like what's happening now and what I need from her now and so she assumed like oh because you're making all these changes you don't need me anymore yeah I mean, yeah. that's that really inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> like, what? I, like, oh, you look better, so you don't need me? What? Yeah. I mean, I, I, she does not understand that, like, you still have the trauma and it's unresolved, you know? Right, it just yeah. didn't go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what? no, I think, I think this is what I was um, bringing up to you, Alvis, earlier, um, that I, I think it is important for me to have I, and I think this is a good segue into who uh, does identity matter when it comes to therapists because mm-hmm. I think because she was an Asian, she was super into psychoanalyzing more so how my parents were and like their marriage and like not understanding like – because like for instance, if I were to talk to an Asian friend, they they kind of almost have similar ideas of how like broken marriages are in in families. And mm-hmm. so she was so like analyzing like how my parents were instead of like focusing on how it was affecting me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I didn't appreciate where I was like, okay, I understand like maybe you're trying to like understand better where they're coming from. But I also don't think that you see kind of the bigger picture of why I'm bringing up my parents. It's because mm-hmm. of my trauma and what what I've had to deal with in terms of my mental health. And like, I, I think that's why it's easier for me to maybe talk to an Asian therapist just because they might be- have a better idea of like why like Asian parents stay in broken marriages mm-hmm. the codependency and just like mm-hmm. also the cultural stigma on divorce and things right. like that like I don't want to have to explain that to her you know and that's what I caught myself doing was like having to explain like my cultural like just like the cultural society of like how Asian marriages are and like all that stuff and like yeah. I don't want to do that like that's not my job <laughs> Like, my job is just for me to, like, talk about how I feel about it and just keep it at that. But Mm -hmm. it felt like she wanted to know more about it. And I I was just getting annoyed. No, that's real. Sorry, I went on a tangent. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I know you told me this already. But hearing it again, I'm still like, what the fuck was happening there? Because, like, I mean, the whole marriage thing, like, being in a... 
a healthy marriage is a luxury because back in the day, people used to be in marriages for survival. Mm-hmm. Also, especially under capitalism, like you need to have a partner to have that supplemental income and to like mm-hmm. be able to survive in this world, you know? Right. So it's like, yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter if your parents are unhappy together or not. Yeah. You know? It's how does that affect you and what can mm-hmm. you do about it? Because you're not going to fix their marriage. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm here to fix me. Like, right. That's what I'm here for. That's and like, so it feels strange. like... It feels like she was like so into the tea of my like family. <laughs> and I was like, girl, like I, I'll talk about this, but like can we like wrap it up and like talk about how I can like handle that or like deal with the emotional burdens that I have to yeah. go through on a daily basis? But yeah, it was a shit show. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I I do think that identity is important for me. It would just have to be another queer person of color for sure. Mm-hmm. Even though my last therapist wasn't queer, but she was queer allied, which was really nice. So I didn't have to explain anything to her. Like, mm-hmm. I was telling her about, like, topping and bottoming and stuff like that. She's like, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's what I'm trying to say, you know? Like, it, right. for me to feel comfortable in saying those things and not have to explain it. And, like, mm-hmm. same for you. Like, it's a waste of time and money. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Oh, I remember that day too. I had the worst work day and I was so excited to be like, oh my God, my first therapy session. Like I can talk about like what's going on with me. And it just, it didn't feel like I was even given that chance because she was so busy psychoanalyzing every little detail instead yeah. of like trying to focus on like what's going on with me right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, some people do say like, identity doesn't matter as long as they can do their job well but it really takes you to do it really fucking well to <laughs> to, yeah. to not really to understand i don't know how do you feel about that jess i i i, I completely agree i think it's up to the person and i I do for me i actually i have a white woman mm-hmm. um as my therapist and she is honestly like one of probably the best person to have come into my life in the last year or so mm-hmm. and I with her like I I don't I don't actually have to explain like the culture like like the things any family issues like she she may not fully like un- like understand the nuances of being you know a, a child of an in- immigrant mm-hmm. um you know but I feel like she she just listens like and I think maybe what's what's different than from your I guess your trial therapist Poochie (laughs) is that like she wasn't she doesn't she wasn't asking questions to just get the tea like Mm -hmm. she understood what I wanted to focus on and that's what we would focus on whether or Mm -hmm. not she understood like the exact perspective I was coming from she's she's just such a wonderful listener and she kind of just read the room of like when to kind of chime in and provide feedback and because she's not I there maybe we'll talk about this a little well, I know the hour's coming up, but no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> you can go the, um, two hours. It I matter. know. <laughs> Honestly, but I I think with um, like she, um, for me, I definitely need someone that can be both a listener and someone that's kind of more of a coach. Um, mm-hmm. and there's so many different like in addition to the kind of modalities that, um, Alvis, you talked about, like eat. EMDR and talk therapy, there's just so many nuances in the way that just individual therapists operate, whether it's, you know, they're, they're more of just the listening kind and letting just 
of giving you that space or they're more of a coach where they're ta- there's a lot more dialogue between the two like client and clinician mm-hmm. um and for me she's such a good balance of both and i need that because hashtag libra and i need balance <laughs> and um yes. she she just she can read the room and i think as like for some people, I think you do need to have, you know, your identities met. Uh, for me, I just think she's so understanding, mm-hmm. um, even though, you know, as a white woman, I, you know, I think she just can, I don't want to say she's woke, but like she, yeah. she can just read the room and she knows yeah. that like, I'm not white. She knows that like my experiences won't mirror hers, but she can listen um, and focus on what I want to talk about. So I just, I'm sorry to heat like <laughs> that you had that experience, like going back into it mm-hmm. for the first time in a while. And that is terrible on her. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like we have such different, like, no, but I think this is yeah. the beauty of therapy though. <laughs> for sure. I, yeah. For sure. Like I feel yeah. like a lot of people need to understand, especially people who are not against therapy, but like are scared of that, that these things will happen. You know, mm-hmm. like these this shopping around for therapists and like having therapists not work and then or it magically does work your first time. I think that's mm-hmm. what what people need to hear just because I think therapy in general is just already so scary. Just having to hire someone to talk to about your feelings, you know, like that concept itself is like weird. And mm-hmm. so yeah. I think I think having this dialogue, just having also three people with different experiences, I think it will help hopefully somebody you know yeah yeah i think like the the thing that's super important to think about too which it's so good to talk to other people about this but also if you have questions email us yeah <laughs> um i think you really need not need it's really nice to know what exactly you're looking for because mm-hmm. i did talk therapy and i thought cuz like one of my other really good friends started therapy uh, around the same time as me and we were just talking about our experiences and she was like oh what homework did you get I was like oh I don't get homework I was like and then I asked and then I asked my therapist I was like why am I not getting homework <laughs> and she was and that's I realized it's because my friend was doing CBT uh, oh, okay and so that is a lot of like changing behavior and like putting it to application but my therapy like I was the driver like I led the conversations a lot sometimes I would just talk the full 50 minutes or whatever and she wouldn't say anything um, and that helped me but other people need to apply into their lives their lives and so another thing that I I mentioned EMDR earlier because that's more for somatic experiencing um, like learning how to control the physical aspect of your mental health too and that's what i'll be seeking next you know so like it it really matters and you really need to know i think it's good yeah it's good to shop around but it's also good to be like open-minded you know Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. really start to understand i don't know i i guess like if we were to give people advice on like first steps what would that Mm -hmm. even look like because I, I feel like we're just throwing out a bunch of information. Right now. <laughs> I need to be taking notes. Yeah, I think yeah. it's also just like managing your expectations, maybe. Just yeah. like not having – oh, also just reminding yourself that like 
therapy isn't a cure. It's just like a tool to help you, you know, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the reason why people do seek therapy so urgently is because, for instance, me a few months ago, I was like, I need it. Like I need it to save me. And like I had to step back and like remind me, remind myself, like I will be doing the work. And like this is at the end of the day, like on me, I can have all the therapy I want, but I can still be a asshole or and like or like just like a dumb bitch you know so I think (laughs) so I think that we should just like remind others in terms of like this isn't something that will cure you this is just a tool also just like knowing that like your first time isn't always gonna be like the best and that's okay and I think that as long as you know what you need and like you know your like the things that like you need help on, I think keeping that grounded while searching for your therapist is like Mm -hmm. very important. Something that, so yeah, similar to what you were saying, my, I asked my therapist, I was like, so like, how long do you think this is going to last for? I was like, when am I going to be better? And Uh she was like, oh no, like therapy, she's like, it's not surgery. We're not taking a scalpel and like removing your depression. Like this is something Mm. that you're going to have to work on forever and i was like forever <laughs> i was so like upset and i was just like i remember dude like after maybe like my second or third session like i shaved my head because i was just like manic i was like i hate this shit can't believe i'm gonna be depressed forever like forever <laughs> but i mean no she's right like it's you're you're really just getting the tools and something else to be mindful of too is that you can't win therapy and mm-hmm. for the first few months i was like i really wanted to succeed and mm-hmm. i i don't remember what i asked her but she was like what she was like, what are you trying to prove? I was like, why would you say Bitch, that? That's real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some therapist be coming with some like words. And I'm like, okay, yeah. can you like chill? <laughs> can you be a little quieter, <laughs> please? <laughs> and so I remember I said to her straight up, I was like, I want an A plus. <laughs> I was like, I just want to be really good, you know, and I want to know that I did the work and whatever. And she was like, there's no such thing. Like, you can't put it on a scale. Um, mm-hmm. And she was like, I would give you like a C right now. And I remember after that session, I was fucked up because I'm like, You're I so see not. <laughs> and like the session after that, she's like, oh, no, like I only said that because like we want you to keep working. Uh-huh. Right. I was like, oh, okay. Wait, Alvis, have you seen or either one of you, have you seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yes. No. Oh, just, oh, bitch, you know. Come on, Alvis. Wait, I watched like two it. episodes, I think. No, because Pooja, you remember when she's like just doing the workbooks and like mm-hmm. just trying to get mm-hmm. everything done? Like that's what Alvis is. <laughs> she's trying just, to get the A. Yeah. And it's it's bad because if you're like I mean, I feel like I was put in a place where if I didn't feel like there were deliverables to my success or whatever you know that feels very <laughs> corporate lingo yeah um you sound like, like every other manager probably i know <laughs> i was like if what are I your deliverables <laughs> right and it's like if i don't have those and if i can't like say that i did it then it wasn't worth it and i didn't do a good enough job mm-hmm. like my my very first session i remember i talked for like an hour straight and i felt really great but i literally gave her all of my shit all my deepest darkest secrets all the trauma um and afterwards i was like wow that was so good and then 20 minutes later i laid in bed and i felt nauseous like i literally wanted to throw up because Mm -hmm. it like physically manifests because it's way too much like you're not equipped to 
pull out all of those terrible things at one time. So that's the other thing I want to say. You can do this for the rest of your life. (laughs) And it's good too because you change. Other things happen to you. It's good to like check in. Like you don't have to fix quote unquote because you're not broken. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm. have to do that all in one go. It's something that we are committed to forever and it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, I agree. And I just to add to that, um, like there'll be times where you may need to go to your sessions weekly and then, you know, after maybe a couple of months, you're like, you know what, I think I can kind of handle on my own. And that's what's happened for me, like for my current therapy journey um, Mm -hmm. at the time. Well, when I first found my, my therapist now that I love, um, I was just under so much work stress and she was helping kind of dig deeper on like where kind of like, where am I, why am I feeling guilty about work? And like Mm -hmm. kind of digging, you know, they'll get into some deep shit like, well, what was your family, you know, family Mm -hmm. life? Like, you know, they get into, so also like kind of be prepared to dig deeper and and to Mm -hmm. talk about things you may have not even shared with, you know, your closest friends or or loved ones. So that would be something. You can also say no. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I think that, uh, so when I was, you know, when things were kind of fresh and I had just started seeing her, I was seeing her weekly and I started feeling really great. I thought I could tackle and, and, and share my, you know, issues with my supervisor at the time and felt it really empowered to do that after mm-hmm. maybe like a few months. And then when sh- more shit hit, you know, shit hit the fan and I needed to go back in. And so like, you won't like, I, I'm a firm believer that like this, we're on this journey for life, but you're not necessarily talking about your feelings every week if you don't yeah. want to. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, that. you know, That's emotionally like, taxing. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And like, I guess like one one last thing I would say, like in terms of the homework, I, I don't get any homework from my, my therapist, but I kind of take things on myself and in the form of like journaling and taking notes on my phone. And there are some times where I will show up to, a session and be like oh wait like I forgot like I feel good now but I Mm -hmm. forgot like how I felt three days ago but Uh I know it was bad Mm -hmm. so for me like I will kind of document how I've been feeling um early on she would have me rate like on a scale of one to five like how I'm how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. daily and to kind of track that and talk that through with her so um like just tracking how you're feeling um Mm -hmm. daily can um help help you and help your therapist like work together on like you know what what you need mm-hmm. out of it um sorry did I I feel like I might have rambled a bit oh, but no, it's fine. hopefully no, it's fine. that helps <laughs> <laughs> no I think that's interesting because like both you and Alvis are really into journaling and that's something that I tried to really be consistent of but I realized that with journaling like with me like I feel like I'm the type of person who needs a reaction like I need somebody (laughs) like I need an ear and so Mm -hmm. when I'm journaling and like writing how I'm feeling like I feel I look at it and I'm like oh yeah I'm freaking crazy like you know like I I look at that and I'm like I think I'm crazy and so like I feel like with me I'm like okay I need to talk to somebody like whoever I might be I I don't even care I just need an ear and be like does this, am I crazy? Like, is this okay? Mm-hmm. Like that I'm feeling like this. And so that person is usually Alice. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think, I think it's really interesting that 
um, you know, a lot of people use journaling, journaling as like a, a form of like coping and things like that. But I've never been able to consistently do that because I feel like I'm crazy when I read back to it. So like yeah. when you guys so, re- do you guys ever read back to it? Yeah. <laughs> Of, so I think I'm also reaction, not consistent like Alvis. I'll put that out there. Oh no, I'm not consistent. I don't know why you guys think that I'm this <laughs> journalist. <laughs> um, I think what you're looking for, you're okay. What am I trying to say? So I said this to Jess a few weeks ago. Like thoughts are theoretical. Like mm-hmm. you don't really. Justin have... and I still repeat that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when you have all this like shit in your head and it's just like stormy, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. storm clouds, dark, whatever, a lot of words, a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings until you like physically bring it into the world, whether you're like mm-hmm. saying it out loud or writing it down or whatever, like you will still be mulling it over until you can mm-hmm. solidify. But like, it's so dark in there that like, if you don't just start putting it out for you to process in like a digestible way, that's why you should read it back. And then you can also change your mind. You know, it's like, oh, I feel this way and I'm going to cross it out because I don't want to feel that way. That's what therapy's yeah. about, right? Like yeah, yeah. You're, you're not your initial reaction to things. So that's why journaling really helps. But like you are getting the reaction that you want. You're getting it from yourself. <laughs> scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. And that's like also a, a sign of like, you know, maybe you don't want to be reacting that way. And then eventually you'll get to a point where you'll read it and be like, okay, I know that I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. further affirm yourself, but that's also what your therapist is for too. Yeah. I think I need to get to that point where I look back and I'm like, oh, this is just how I'm feeling. <laughs> you know, like I want to, like, when I want okay. to think, yeah, I want to think sometimes like, oh, this is, it just is what it is and that's okay. But like, I think that's something that I'm still trying to learn you know, because I'm still such a pessimistic ass bitch that I also (laughs) only write when I'm upset. So it's like, yeah, this like really journal. Yeah. Yeah. I like, wait, that's a really good point too. I started keeping two journals because I have like my, yeah, I have a shit journal that I just like write down like my, my worst things. And it's, it's chicken scratch, not even full sentences. It's just like, I don't know, like trauma question mark, you know? And capitalism. Right, exactly. And it's just like it doesn't make any sense, but I have a a a cute journal. (laughs) And (laughs) it's like all of the processing that I did and all of the work that I did, like that's my positivity journal. So I have like Mm -hmm. lists on there. I've talked about this before, but I have a list on there of like, what are things that make you happy consistently? And Mm -hmm. like, what are the things that you want to accomplish in the future? And like, what's grounding you today, you know? And it's it's just a way to like, you don't have to be upset when you journal. Like you can Mm -hmm. also document the really great parts of your life. Mm, yeah see that's where i'm like oh the great things are luck so what the fuck is the <laughs> point of talking see, about it? i feel like putri if you start like writing it down and start collecting all of these positive things in your life you'll find that it's not luck like these are things that you're yeah. deserving and you've worked hard for i feel like this yeah. is a therapy session for all of us as well yeah <laughs> I think it would be. <laughs> we should all be therapists. <laughs> yeah, let's quit our jobs. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I just like. Sorry, now I'm thinking about what it would be like if I became a therapist. 
I would be crying. I'd be like Jess. I'd literally be crying hearing other people talk. Right, right. And I was so actually. Can, I I have something. I I know, for some reason I feel like it's really taboo and appro- inappropriate when you like have heard that your therapist has cried in your session. Um, oh, I've never and heard I've, of that. So I've. I mean, because I remember telling a friend that oh, like my therapist actually like like cried a bit in my session and he was just like so appalled by it he was like oh no like that's that's inappropriate and I'm like I don't I can see how it could be but Uh for me it actually kind of humanized them and Mm. and showed me that they were like really keyed in and are listening to what I'm saying and responding to that and kind of feeling with me so I'm 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 sure it's not uh, like I'm sure not everyone would want that to happen in a session, but I actually find it really humanizing for my for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm like, wait, should I be crying too? Because you're <laughs> crying and I'm not crying. Like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, okay. I I did exp- experience something similar too. Where okay, so my therapist was a cancer, and yes, I did ask her. <laughs> So she's obviously very empathetic and like very emotional. And she was, she had a really wonderful poker face. (laughs) And I just like would be talking about things that were like very heavy. And I remember one day I said something and she just looked so fucking sad. And I was like, oh my God. Like I, and I thought about it. And it's good to see them emote that back to you because it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is actually so fucked up. Mm -hmm. Because I think I said something like, I just wish that. Like, I wasn't, I didn't do this for that to happen to me. And she said, I wish, I just wish that you wouldn't think that that was your fault (laughs) and that there's something that you could have done about that. And it was just like very somber, but like, so it's good for, because your therapist, yeah, is the sounding board, but also like they're trying to give you like emotional support and they can't Mm -hmm. not have emotions while they're doing it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. No, I agree with the both of you guys. I think that like, I think it is important. I I personally wouldn't find it inappropriate unless they're like literally bawling and then projecting their own (laughs) fucking feelings. And I I would kind of question a little bit. But but I feel like if it's like a moment of like, oh my gosh, and like trying to actually empathize with with you, I think I think it's beautiful. I wouldn't yeah. find any issue in that at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you just have to like keep the, because that's part of the professional relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are trained to have those boundaries. And like also it's made so you don't have to have boundaries <laughs> and they'll, they'll like mm-hmm. stop you, you know, if you or whatever. Like you shouldn't date your therapist, you know, <laughs> or like go on vacation with them. But yeah. like they will be there once a week mm-hmm. or however long you want. Yeah. Um, can we like kind of go back into like, um, I guess like if this was someone's first time, like what are the resources that you use to find your therapist? Because I have a few, but I don't know. I want to hear what you guys have to say first. Um, Just do you want to go? Because I don't have any resources. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> okay. Because I'm lost. So. Well, I don't to know those resources. <laughs> All right, so this is for Poochie. <laughs> so, I mean, I I didn't have the resources, you know, like back in 2014. I just Googled and I came across psychologytoday.com. And you are able to, it's basically just like a search engine for therapists, psych, um, psychiatrists. I think there are some like groups, like group th- groups in there as well. Um, and I, you can use any 
kind of filter that you want, whether you want someone that specializes in, in grief in you know, sexual trauma, you know, anything there, um, ADHD, you know, anything you can kind of find, filter it all out. Um, search if you, you know, if you have health insurance, you can search it by your, your health insurance and, um, find, find therapists in your area. I know a lot of, most therapists I'm sure are still doing video, you know, teleconferencing and and teletherapy. And, um, that's how I came across my first one in Maryland. And I used a similar process when I moved to LA. And I'm actually also using it for, um, for couples therapy as well right now. So I have not found one yet, but that's the process that we're in right now. And that's the only thing I have used. I've heard of friends use apps. Um, and, and maybe I think Elvis, you, you might have some that you, that, that you're familiar with, but um, I've shared this website with like any of my friends that have asked, and mm-hmm. because I've had positive, um, um, I have had a positive experience with it, and and a, a good thing actually, you know, like when I've reached out to to therapists on there, and let's say they're not accepting new clients, I've asked them, do you recommend anyone? Because then you have a recommendation from someone you've already done the research on. So you don't have to exactly start from scratch. And actually, that's how I came across my my current therapist. It was a recommendation from someone that I had originally called who was not accepting new clients at the time. Um, so yeah, ask and like ask for recommendations, because you don't have to start from scratch and, and feel like you're just, you know, pulling names out of a hat. Um, So I really like, I I really love psychology today. Yeah. Yeah. I was, so I was going to say something similarly too. I don't, so I also use psychology today, but I don't love it because a lot of times it's tied to like other things that don't really matter. Like I really hate the fact that like your pool changes uh, based off of like what insurance you have, and that's just American healthcare slash capitalism. Right. Capitalism. That's really. Yeah. I feel capitalism. like <laughs> there needs to be like an audio that's just like capitalism, yeah. <laughs> or like a, a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, like I, that's what I had to do. Like you could also go onto your insurance's page. Like I, I, I hate that we have to like promote it like this because I don't believe mm-hmm. that's the way it should be. But this is mm-hmm. what helps. Um, but yeah, you can go into your insurance website and look for providers there, which they'll they'll usually give you the cost and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the only two like real resources that I have. But um, I also want to mention that therapy is expensive, and mm-hmm. it's probably like upwards of two, mm, like one fifty to two hundred per session, which is also really shitty because therapy should be accessible to everybody, especially mm-hmm. since it's like poor people of color who need it the most. Yeah. Um, And so there are so many amazing communities that are doing the work to make therapy more accessible to marginalized communities. So some off the top of my head, I know there is a a group called Therapy for Black Girls, and they just like provide free therapy and free resources. And there is some Asian ones that I sent to you on TikTok, Putri. I don't remember what they were called. Wait, Um, I think you just, I I think I used them as reference. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's super helpful because those people know what it feels like to feel lost in the sea of like white ass Mm -hmm. therapists and Mm -hmm. whatever and so like most times especially if you're in in a major metropolitan area you can't find free therapy and I think Mm -hmm. it's something worth looking into because one of my other friends who lives in DC has been seeing his therapist for like four years through like the this like 
free health organization and wow. literally free for four years. Like that's like, I'm thinking about all the yeah. money that I'm <laughs> throwing out the window. Yeah. But yeah, right. like again, like there are organizations, like there are organizers, there are so many resources. So it's just like a matter of looking into it. Like mm-hmm. for me, it would be queer people of color, therapists mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, which is like yeah. non-existent. I already looked. <laughs> 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 no, I, yeah, sorry. I just kind of want to circle back. I do have resources. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just it's a little confusing because because I started my therapy journey so young, a lot of it was not up to me. Right. Um, you know, I was um, both times where I was kind of desperate to have therapy or um, well, so like in fifth grade when that everything started going down. It was, I was obviously sent to my local crisis center and that's how I always go back to like finding resources. So the, if, I don't know if that might just be a Maryland thing, but um, if, if you're listening out there, that's not in Maryland, you could probably Google it. There is probably like a local crisis center that will help you for free. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. um, not only I, but like a few people that I do know have you like gone there in the middle of the night, like 24 seven. And so when I went there twice, um, the first time was in fifth grade and then they helped me tremendously, gave me resources. Unfortunately, you know, my fifth grade therapist was not the best, but (laughs) I think it's a good start, especially if you need kind of a sense of urgency where you feel lost. And I know sometimes like calling a hotline is just very like cliche and things like that. And you need to actually see somebody or talk to somebody in person. I think that's very – it's very useful, honestly. Like I've been there twice in college and in fifth grade and both times have helped me tremendously in terms of like me needing somebody at that very exact moment of being like, can you help me not try to like not hurt myself, you know? And I think, I think those things are important too. Just like if you feel as though you're desperate for something or like you need that help so quickly, I think maybe finding like a local crisis center or anything that can definitely help you. And they could also lead you to potential therapists that um, you would like because the second time I went to the crisis center, I was also um, re- uh, referred to the therapist that like saved my life in college. So I think those are important too, just to like look into, like there's a lot of resources that people don't know about. And I think that's where, you know, sometimes it's, it's missed opportunities for people to get better. Yeah. And don't forget to ask your friends too. Yeah. Like sure. what, you know, I feel like that's, and I, I actually love when my friends will, at first I was like confused as to why people kept reaching out. And I'm like, wait, it's because I always talk about therapy. So that makes <laughs> sense. Like, <laughs> and I, I, I really, like, I've loved it. I loved helping my friends like kind of start their journey. So, and I feel like if you just need to pick your friend's brain about what it, the process is like, and you know, someone that's been, been in, in it, like, um, like, yeah, ask your friends. Honestly. But yeah, I think those are good resources. Oh my God. I'm proud of yeah. myself too. I didn't have any. I didn't have any. The other thing I wanted to talk about too, I just like want to be really clear and like what it is that you're, you need to be looking for. Cause like, yeah, we talked about it a lot, but like it, when it comes down to like the nitty gritty, like what is it exactly? So I think that something that really threw me off when I started was the acronyms. Like everybody has different like licenses and stuff. So I'll start mm-hmm. by saying, first of all, um, usually your therapist is only licensed to practice in your specific state, which is why I have to find a new therapist. Um, there are some states that have uh, reciprocity. So I think like 
uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota. So I could find a Minnesota therapist. And I think DC and Maryland, but not Virginia, something like that. You probably, you probably know better than me. Um, I don't. Okay. (laughs) Just to be clear, I don't. (laughs) So, okay. So I'll start there. And then the other thing I want to say is too, um, so like all of the licenses, you'll see LCSW, LMFT, PsyD. So I kind of wanted to just like walk through what those mean. Um, So these are really just off the top of my head too, but LCSW is uh, licensed counseling and social work. Like LMFT is licensed marriage and family therapist. A PsyD is a psychologist, which is different from a psychiatrist who's able to prescribe you medication. Um, so they're like all very valid, all very good resources. But I think uh, when you're starting the journey, like you don't have to be super picky because I think depending on what you're looking for, you can kind of just go to anybody, especially at first. Um, but if you're like, like for me right now, I'm specifically looking for trauma therapy that has like the accreditation of like the EMDR, whatever, like network. And so that's a lot harder to find. Um, So I think it's important to kind of like look into what those mean and how that aligns with you. Did you guys have any other ones? (laughs) I'm like, no, that's solid. Yeah. Yeah. And then something else that I kind of want to talk about too um, is like, there's kind of a shift happening right now where the only people who had access to getting an education in like psychology, sociology were white people, you know? So it's, it's not surprising that a lot of clinicians are white, but this day and age, like you, there's so many people of color who are coming into the field. And I think it's really amazing that we live Mm -hmm. at this time where like we can do that, you know? So I just think that's, really cool (laughs) I also do want to touch too and I think it's cool like I'm not super religious but I know a lot of people of faith are kind of like oh I can just like pray it away or things like that or they just feel as though they need to go to church more or things like that but I feel like a lot of um, therapists are also um, there's a lot of them out there that are faith-based and that Mm -hmm. can also help people on that and I think I think that's important too I think there's a lot of options for everyone um so yeah I kind of just wanted to quickly mention that because I know a lot of people are like you know yeah and you can find that on psychology today I feel like I need to be a spokesperson for psychology (laughs) (laughs) pay her (laughs) but yes you can like find the faith base and I actually was helping my um my elderly aunt who's like in her 80s and I was trying to find like a catholic that is uh it's never too late like i mean she she wasn't ready i will say (laughs) but like i really she well like it's so interesting because i was again kind of modeling and showing that i i've really benefited from therapy and i feel like she could too and she was really about it but i i don't think i prepared her enough for what that first session is like um and like maybe we touch on that like what that first session is like um and she just did not enjoy it so but you know I was trying to find like a catholic christian based therapist and you know they're there yeah Yeah. but separate story I will say too that uh, therapists are usually pretty flexible like they'll get to know you and they'll help you they'll learn while you're talking to them and help you the way that you need because (laughs) in my first session I was like so what's your sign So I was like, you will hear me refer to that a lot because I'm a Pisces and, you know, she's a water sign too. So, you know, like being, because she didn't know what any of that meant. So I was like, oh, that just means like you're more emotional and you're more, 
you know, like sensing or whatever. Um, so like she like she definitely probably has a co-star account now. <laughs> <laughs> right, I got her into the witchy shit. Right. Like, what time were you born? <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I, she also knew that I was Buddhist. So, like, a few times she'd be like, okay, well, let's bring this back into, like, the perspective of being Buddhist. Like, do you think mm-hmm. X, Y, Z? So, like, it's a, they don't necessarily have to believe the same thing that you believe. But I think mm-hmm. that if you can explain it enough to them why that, like, symbolism matters. Because, like, being a Pisces mm-hmm. or whatever doesn't actually mean anything. It's, like, the personality that we're attached mm-hmm. to. Um, then they can for sure help you out with that too. I wish there was a place on psychology today that you could do that. (laughs) Astrology. I I need a Libra therapist. Yeah. (laughs) I. Oh my god, I'm supposed to be so shady. No Gemini's. No (laughs) Sagittarius. No fire signs. No fire signs at all. Mm -mm. Oh my god. I don't actually mean it, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, I do have a question because this is something that I think about a lot. Do you think that you need to be formally diagnosed with something to actually have a mental health issue or like a mental illness? Because that's the thing. I feel like a lot of people that I know that have never been formally diagnosed has anxiety <laughs> you oh, yeah. know and so like i wanted to see what your thoughts were and with that yeah jesse you want to go first or uh i guess so can i do you mean like like we are kind of diagnosing like a friend and like yeah. we see we see the signs <laughs> we see the symptoms and yeah. we're just like girl you are depressed <laughs> like right. and they're just like just they're just undiagnosed is that what yeah. you mean like do you feel as though like People okay, so because I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have anxiety, or like I, or I'd be like, girl, that's anxiety, and they'd be <laughs> like, um, I've never been diagnosed, so I don't have that. You know, it's like it's oh, more like you know what I mean. So like, so do you think you have to be diagnosed to recognize that this person might have anxiety or depression <laughs> or whatever? I mean, yeah, like if you see a horse and it's not called a horse, it's still a horse, you know. <laughs> Like, it's, you don't have to be the one telling them that, but, like, if it's there, it doesn't mean it's not there because somebody didn't tell you it, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that's the benefit of going to therapy because you finally have words to it. Because before, Mm -hmm. for me, like, I would go into fight or flight and I didn't realize that it was PTSD, you know? Mm -hmm. Before I was like, oh, I'm just anxious, (laughs) hee-hee. But now I have words to it and now I can work towards it. So it definitely Mm -hmm. helps to name it. But I will Uh say my therapist was, like, very against, like, being fixated on one thing because Mm -hmm. she like didn't even want to tell me but I was like I just want to (laughs) know and she was like I can tell you what I'm writing down on the insurance (laughs) (laughs) and I was like okay I guess it's the same thing and she was like okay you have uh like major depressive disorder with minor remission like very like you know (laughs) like like the scientific yeah kind of yeah to me so she it mattered to me because I was like I want to put words to it 
but it didn't matter to her because she's like, it doesn't matter what we call it. We're going to get you the help that you need. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to like say it's something that's wrong with you, you know? Yeah. That's an interesting perspective. And I'm going to like touch on a little bit of crazy ex-girlfriend a bit (laughs) because honestly, it kind of got me wanting to even go back to therapy. I love this show so much. Like I went to the concert, like I'm I'm there. I'm all about it. I know. Poochie knows. We we used to like be texting about the show. Um, But like something that like there was a song about this. Um, I think it was um, like she was just so happy that to be diagnosed because she was missed. <gasps> I by, that. Uh-huh. She was missed. So the, um, the main the main character was misdiagnosed for years and years and just never getting the proper treatment. Mm-hmm. And she it, it I feel like it just brought her down and made her feel so down about herself because she was never properly diagno- diagnosed. And it wasn't until I mean, spoiler alert, I guess, but the show's <laughs> been out for years. Yeah. So whatever. So she she went to a completely new psychiatrist who diagnosed her with um, BPD, um, borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And it like lit up kind of like it opened a new pot, like new door and possibilities for her because there's completely different treatments like there's medication coupled with therapy and group therapy for her and I think it is like though I I can see the benefits of like not maybe putting an um like l- putting a strict label on your disorder because to be like you know to be fi- completely fixated on that mm-hmm. um but I think there's also just um there's just relief knowing that there is something and other people have gone through this too and people have studied this and I can get the help for whatever this is. So I think there's also benefits to like knowing what you have and, and, you know, getting the proper help for it too. So I love Rachel Bloom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So that goes into my follow-up question. How did you guys feel when you first heard your official diagnosis? I shaved my head. (laughs) It was so bad. Like I, because I was like, oh man, I really am fucked up. And I think that's why she was like avoiding it because she knew me at the time. So I don't even want to say it's like, that's how it should be everywhere. I think it's like her knowing who I was and wanting to win at therapy. She's like, I don't know if I could tell you. (laughs) And when she did, she was like, don't go Googling it and like going, (laughs) going down like that rabbit hole. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Literally that night I shaved my head. (laughs) But you know, it's fine now. (laughs) Yeah. And I, for, for me, I've actually, I don't have a diagnosis. I've never been to a psychiatrist, but, um, I feel like most of my therapy journey has been very like give, has given me tools on very situational things because mm-hmm. I feel like the most kind of mental health um, I guess illness that I've had or I've felt I've had is anxiety. Um, but I've it's never been super debilitating where I've like needed medication or anything and like. Um, you know, not everyone can say that. So I I haven't had like an official diagnosis, I guess. So most of my therapy has been like talk therapy, um, understanding, like just talking to myself better and, um, feeling, feeling, you know, like 
Alvis has said, they're just having a better quality of life. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't actually have a diagnosis. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm my, just me. <laughs> my experience was a very Rachel Bloom, crazy ex girlfriend experience <laughs> where I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because I'm diagnosed with um, PTSD. Me and Alvis are PTSD sisters. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love so, it. Yeah. PTSD with severe anxiety and so um yeah so when he told me what my diagnosis was I was like oh like I was connecting the dots I was like that makes so much sense like it made me feel like yeah that that I'm not crazy and this is why I am the way I am do what is does it justify the way I react to things absolutely not um but at the end of the day like yeah, it makes sense as to why I react to things the way I do and what am I going to do with that and how am I going to go moving forward? So, yeah, I definitely had that like crazy ex-girlfriend moment where I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is kind of cool that I know what the fuck is wrong with me. And I I didn't Google it. He just gave me tips and tools on how to how to kind of better that and cope with that better so it was it was super helpful and yeah I kind of just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that because I feel like you know Alvis's is different than mine <laughs> he shaved his head I was <laughs> revived <laughs> yeah, so yeah I think it's interesting and just like the difference the differences on that mm-hmm. yeah well <laughs> Um, I think the, like, so whenever we talk about like really heavy topics, um, we like to end with something like a little bit more grounding. <laughs> um, wait, sorry. I'm just going to ask one more time. Was there anything else that we wanted to say? Cause we could talk about this forever. I'm sure. <laughs> Nothing for me at the moment. I think we touched on everything. How about you, Jess? Yeah. Um, I think like one thing that I, I wanted to touch on and forgot and just remembered, mm-hmm. um, but related to work and like work and mental health and it was just it's something that I've learned in the last year is that we, and obviously you kind of touched on this, like we, our worth isn't based in like what how how much how productive we are at work, how, how much our supervisors love us at work. Mm-hmm. And what I found like since moving to LA, I was so focused on growing in my career. Like I had been so focused on dance and like unproductive things. Um, And I really wanted to like grow in my career and in my profession and something I felt after in, in my reflections in the last year, I felt like I put too much stock in work and all, all the, other parts of my life, things that I've enjoyed, hanging out with friends and family and dance have just fallen at the wayside. And it has really impacted my mental health severely. So something that I'm just kind of realizing now is we are not work. Like we work is only like work is not our entire being. Work is only like the smallest part of ourselves. And um, that's mainly a reminder for myself. (laughs) So like, as I'm kind of going in my professional, continuing in my professional journey, like, just like, there's so much more to life than, than our work. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's an hour ago, but I wanted to say that like, that's it. (laughs) No, I think that's the perfect way to wrap it up because that's like kind of why we're here right now (laughs) amongst other things, but like, for the three of us, the most recent thing is fucking hashtag capitalism. 
<laughs> add, oh the, add the little noise. <laughs> you do need to add the noise. Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> that's the noise. That's robot noises. <laughs> um, okay, so what are some things, just to like recenter ourselves again, which is, this is something that I like to do after therapy too. Like I need to just go do something that will bring me back. Um, what are some things that you guys are looking forward to in the next week? Maybe next weekend or whatever, even today. Um, I can go first. Just like at the top of my, <laughs> just off the top of my head. I think it's more so like just it can be random things, right? I yeah. feel like I ask this every <laughs> single episode. Um Yeah, I think it's just watching my little new kitten grow. <laughs> yeah, like I think he's getting bigger and bigger every day. And it's like I feel like he's already a teenager now because he doesn't want to be near us anymore sometimes. Aww. And so I'm like, oh my God, you were just like cuddly with me two seconds ago and now you just wanna like give me attitude. But <laughs> wait. Can you take yeah. one of those like before and after pictures in the mirror where they're like a little kitten and then a few weeks later? <gasps> oh yeah. Like, oh you that. gotta do it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I will. Oh my, big. God, oh my god. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's more so, yeah, just like watching my new kitten grow and just also it's I've noticed that with this new kitten, it also excites me to actually have children with Mati just because he's such a good cat dad. And so I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to have kids with him. And so I think it's also reviving like my like love and like the reason why I fell in love with him. Oh, Mom, T. Fuck that dude. Ugh, Mati. For me, I think since we've just been traveling so much, um, I just got back from San Diego today. I just am looking forward to one-on-one like quality time with Justin um my partner and um like do like because we were home in Maryland for a week and just so busy and um yeah two weddings for you girl two weddings uh two weddings and then we were doing our own wedding planning and then yeah and then I went to San Diego with my best friend so I haven't had much kind of debrief chill time with him so i'm looking forward to that so shout out to justin in the living room right now <laughs> Hi, justin in the living room <laughs> well i um i don't have a partner <laughs> <laughs> kind of not monogamous right now but it's okay <laughs> um something that i am really looking forward to is that it's finally fucking warm in wisconsin like what is uh, warm like 50 oh God, it was 80 today but <gasps> l- yeah but last what? week it's the temperatures are so wild they'll go from like like 50 during the day to like 20 and then it'll be like 70 to like 30 at night i don't know it's i hate it um the but, weather's you know, weird over there it, it really is, but I bought new plants today. <laughs> um, a lot of them are putting out new leaves. I just bought... <laughs> Man, <laughs> this makes me sound so fucking single. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no, I talk about my plants exactly like you do. Like, I love watching the unfurling. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I, like, I get it. Yeah, I just bought a couch. I live alone, by the way. Uh, I just bought a couch that I'm really excited to sleep in when I build it. <laughs> Bitch, oh my God, you've been on the hunt for that couch. <laughs> I know. I've been looking, literally the couch that you have behind you right now. I've been looking for this Ikea couch for the past four months since I moved and it's just been out of stock and it was finally in stock or it wasn't in stock I saw on Facebook marketplace that somebody was getting rid of theirs for cheap and I went and got it that day it was amazing 
Um, and then the last thing I'll say is I think uh, some of my friends are making plans to visit me soon. So I have a friend coming. My friend Lorraine is coming this weekend. So oh, excited to like. I'm so excited to hug people again. Haven't mm-hmm. the only physical interaction I've had with people was like the dentist having his fingers in my mouth, and I like <laughs> could not stop thinking about him after that. But you know, <laughs> at least I can hug Lorraine. It's gonna be so great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All I'm picturing is Alvis at the dentist's office right now. I, I was like, mm, wow. <laughs> Wait, I, I mean, want to share a funny story. Um, this is how much me and Jess like look alike. That at oh Jess's birthday party, somebody went up to me and was like, "Oh my god, Justin did such a good job planning your birthday party. Like your your birthday party. You should like they, tell him to like let him know. Thanks for inviting me." And I was like, "Yeah, of course." Oh my god, you're so fake. <laughs> I feel like you stay doing that though. I feel like yeah. only recently have you told people like I'm not Jess. Yeah, I just like I just go with it and I'm just like, yeah, I'll let Justin know. Because I feel bad. Right, like I'm not Jess. And then they're like, oh shit. So you yeah. kind of just rock with it. That's that's fine. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> I like never realized how much we look alike until all of those instances started happening where I was like, yeah, I'm not Jess. But thank you for thinking that were, I can dance really well. There, but there were times I would look at pictures, like Yay. I, I, I would look at pictures of like you with Matee, and I'm like, um, why am I kissing on Matee? One where I was looking, at, like we were in the same place, and you were kissing up on Justin. I go, wait, is that me? <laughs> I was like, but I'm sitting right here. <laughs> why? <laughs> Like in real life? Yeah, in real life. I was like, oh my god, why did I think that that was me kissing on Justin for a second? That's so fucking weird. But like, I don't think, like, if you take off our glasses, I actually don't think yeah, we look alike. I so I think it's the glasses and like the hair at the time. I think yeah. like, yeah. we had similar hair at the time. Yeah. Also, I think that we both wear black a lot too. I love, I'm literally, yeah, we're both wearing black right now. Yeah, so I think that's what it is. But I just that's think true. it's so fucking funny that people, like, it's more so when people are, like, crying about dance drunkly, and then they think that I'm Jess, and so they're like, oh my god, I looked up to you, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah, thank you, but that's not me. <laughs> like, that's, when that's when I feel bad the most, is when people are, like, trying to, like, tell me how much they look up to Jess and I'm like yeah yes oh my god thanks and like whole time I'm like trying to compliment them as me oh my god I'm like, I'm like oh man you thought this was like you were so happy from my compliments because you thought I was Jess but what if it's just from Poochie they would love that just as much if it was coming from Poochie <laughs> But yeah, that was a funny story I wanted to add because how grounding, how grounding, yes, how of, grounding <laughs> of of better times, honestly. Oh, well, I think I think that wraps up our episode. So, <laughs> Jess, you want to like, do you have anything you want to plug, or yeah. would you rather be like private, or you want to boast about yourself? Yeah, no, I'm a shy gal. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Poochie does all the boasting for me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to like plug your Instagram uh, or anything or 
or not? Oh, yeah, I can. I can. Um, my Instagram is at JessJackPot. That's J-E-S-S-J-A-C-P-O-T. Um, yeah, that's all I have. I'm not cool <laughs> enough to do anything else. I can plug in something for Jess. If you guys want to see the cutest proposal, type in YouTube, Capital Funk 2017, final set. Is that it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it should be in like 10 minutes long. Just fast forward to the end. Um, <laughs> but if you want to see the good performance, you can watch the Elements one. But if you want to oh see the proposal, God. you can watch the, the Funk Wait. Academy one. That's exactly how I would plug it, though. <laughs> yes. Like, watch, watch the Elements per, uh, performance first. <laughs> oh, wait, or second, or second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Thanks yeah, that's my plug for Jess. Wow. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for oh. coming on, Jess. It was so oh fun gosh, having yes, you. We'll probably yes, have you again, you. honestly. Honestly. <laughs> when it when you y'all talking about the dance community, yeah. I will be there. You might just have to do like a few like separate interviews and put them all in the same <laughs> How does the dance community traumatized you? you? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we can talk about that offline, but <laughs> If you want to find us, we are Broken Rice Pod on Instagram and also brokenricepod at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, concerns, correct us, whatever. Yes. If you want <laughs> like, to hear drag from us you. too, go for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> we love to hear it. But yeah, other than that, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank Bye. you, everyone. Bye. Bye.